0: Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadaloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadaloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 28 of Secrets of Shadaloo. Uh, we are still in the Warriors of Shadowloo section, and specifically we're in the subsection for special maneuvers. These are special combat moves distinctive to the three main shadowloo styles, Thai kickboxing, Spanish ninjutsu, and Lerdrit. There's some other nonsense on this page and uh, quite an unattractive picture of Vega, actually, but we're not going to talk about any of that because we don't have time. I want to focus on a special maneuver That really has all the bells and whistles. Yesterday, we talked about something very simple. The ducking fierce. Simple but effective. Duck down, punch him in the belly. The system entry for that move, which is like the rules for using it, are as follows. Quote, This punch combines a fierce attack with a deceptive crouching maneuver. Use the modifiers below. And to translate that from rule speak, a fierce attack is a kind of punch. A crouching maneuver is where you duck. And the modifiers below are the modifiers for a punch. So the system is you duck and punch. The system entry for today's move is like three paragraphs and change, but it's sort of in the same family. Like, think of it as the evolution of the ducking fierce. After Bison innovated the concept of ducking down and punching somebody in the belly, rather than resting on his laurels, he thought, where else don't these rubes expect to get punched? I know, the upper back, and thus the flying punch was born. So let's just take it from the top. It's called the flying punch. The prerequisites are, you need four dots of athletics, Two dots of punch, three dots of focus, and the jump special maneuver. Jump special maneuver I have no problem with. I kind of hate that it's its own thing in this game, because everybody can jump in the video game, but in this game, for whatever reason, you have to buy it special, so that if you don't take it, everybody else can jump like in Street Fighter, and you can just kind of hop like in Virtua Fighter or whatever. That sucks. Jumping is every Street Fighter's right. But you do need to jump to do the flying punch, so I accept it. The other requirements are quite high. Uh, Punch 2 honestly seems a little bit high. For a move that fundamentally is just a punch. Like the punch part of it is just a punch. Athletics 4 is pretty high. Just to jump over somebody. Like given that you've got the jump move. And can just like jump up 20 feet in the air or whatever. Like in the game Street Fighter. Jumping over somebody's head is not such a big deal. But not only do you jump over their head. You also like turn upside down in midair. And I guess that's why this move requires focus 3. Which is really a lot. Like the move Cobra Charm. Where you hypnotize somebody in place. With your mystical gaze. That only takes focus 2. Ditto tough skin, where you make your skin rock hard with chi. Focus three is enough to throw a fireball. Like, focus three is enough to extend your hands and make fire come out of your hands. That seems high to be able to do a flip where you go upside down. But it makes sense that the prerequisites are high, because everything about this move is super extra. This is a a luxury move that takes up a ton of the page. Let me explain what you do. Quote, This move takes a street fighter high into the air above and past her opponent, and then quickly redirects the attack so that the punch lands squarely in her opponent's back. This maneuver is considered highly dishonorable. The degree of aerial control their Drip practitioners exhibit while performing this maneuver lead some to believe that the practitioner is actually flying up and past her opponent before swooping back down with an outstretched fist. But just to be clear, this move totally doesn't actually allow you to fly. That's just sour grapes from people who got punched in the back, and they're like, that's no fair, that dude can fly. No, they can't fly, your back just hurts. You are back hurt and you are butt hurt. Now you would think, okay, punch from behind seems like the system should be simple for this. We know what punches are, and honestly, there's no reason people can't get punched in the back in the normal course of a street fighter fight. There are like handicap matches where multiple fighters take on one higher ranked fighter. So if two street fighters are flanking another street fighter and they're both punching that street fighter, then presumably one of them is punching him in the back, right? There's no special system for it, nor does anybody lose honor for that. But just get a load of the complex rule system for the flying punch. Quote, to execute this move, the fighter must actually move two hexes past her opponent and move back to the opponent's hex as she arcs back downward to hit her opponent from behind. This attack is considered an aerial maneuver and halves the opponent's total stamina for the purposes of determining how many damage dice are rolled, rounding fractions down. For example, if a fighter who is blocking gets hit by a flying punch... Her soak would normally be her determined by adding her stamina of three and her block technique of four, and then in parentheses, helpfully, three plus four equals a soak of seven dice. But because the flying punch is a sucker shot, the fighter's stamina is halved. So three divided by two rounding down is one, the soak is one. Stamina die plus four technique dice for a total of five dice. So there's this whole thing There's a move rating to the move, which tells you how many spaces you can move when you do it, but you actually have to move past them and then back to them. And then when you move back to hit them because you're hitting them in the back, they roll half their normal dice for stamina to soak, but not half their normal dice to block to soak. Now that's a lot to take in, especially if you don't know about and, as is likely, don't care about the rules of the Street Fighter storytelling game. But let me decode it for you in terms of the fiction. What this means is that when you jump over somebody and punch them in the back, their physical toughness, right? Like their conditioning, their durability only counts half. So like normally that's rated on a scale of one to five and you round down fractions. So let's take a person with stamina five, a tough, durable person, but not a superhuman. Let's say famed defensive lineman, William, the refrigerator Perry, who is number one, known for being big and durable. Number two, there was a GI Joe of him. And there were also GI Joes of street fighter characters. Which means that in the context of G.I. Joe continuity, William Perry might actually have to fight a street fighter. If the fridge has stamina five and you jump over and hit him in the back, right, punch him in the back, he only has an effective stamina of two, which is only as much as a regular person. Punch him in the chest, punch him in the belly, nothing's going to happen. He's the fridge. He's unstoppable. You punch him between the shoulder blades, it's like sucking a regular person right in their jaw. He may go down. That's the power of hitting someone in the back. Unless he's blocking. If he's got his dukes up, if he's covering up his face, then for reasons I'm at a loss to explain, he does gain the full benefit of his block, despite the fact that you technically hit him on the other side of the body from where he's blocking. And this isn't just some like little niggling like rules loophole. Like this is explicitly laid out in the text. It specifies that they gain the full benefit of blocking, even though you are explicitly and specifically hitting them in the back. But it does reduce the benefit of all their physical conditioning almost to nothing. That is a super weird way to mechanize getting hit in the back. And maybe that's why this move, it's beyond the pale. The street fighting environment is very permissive, kind of anything goes. Some people like to punch, some people like to kick, some people like to wear boxing gloves, some people like to use swords, some people throw fire, some people are alligators. But what we don't do is punch people in the goddamn back. If you do, you will lose honor. This is a very exclusive club of moves where you lose honor. Spitting acid at people, Fine. Freezing people in place so they can't move, and you can punch them at your leisure. Fine. Literally reading people's minds to know what they're about to do. Cheating. Cheating at street fighting. Totally fine. Honorable. This is the way of the warrior. If William the Refrigerator Perry is standing before you on the field of street fighting combat, assuming it's a duelist environment, you can drive a chainsaw into his midsection without losing honor. But back punch? Dirty pool. Chainsaw Guy will look at you from the sidelines and just shake his fucking head. Who let this creep in here? So anyway, this move is specific to Lurdrit. Only Bison's apprentices can learn it. And maybe that's why I can't make heads or tails of this move. Why it specifically loses you honor, what the point is of having a maneuver that allows you to move a really long way, but you move in a straight line and then you move back along the straight line. Why punching someone in the back ignores their physical conditioning, but it's still blocked by them covering their face somehow. I, I do not understand it. So this is one of those secrets of Shadowloo where I just have to admit defeat. Whatever's going on with the flying punch, I don't get it. But this is not even the most feared of Shadowloo's secret maneuvers. Join me next time for the end of this trilogy. Surprise, it's a trilogy. As we discuss the most feared and most rare of Lerdrit's special techniques, Mind Control, on MDC. This has been MDC new episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Dumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com view slash Revolution or at freemusicarchive.org music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power.